0: Here yeah. we go oh. again yeah. what is up everybody and welcome back to the neon belly podcast we are your hosts nate and john and brandon and boys today we're gonna recap this past saturday's ufc fight night which was headlined by rob font versus Jose Aldo. Then we will get you set up with our picks and predictions for the final pay-per-view of the year. UFC 269, Uh which is headlined by Dustin Poirier versus Charles Oliveira for the lightweight title and features Amanda Nunes versus Juliana Pena for the women's bantamweight title among a bunch of other stacked stacked fights. Mm -hmm. Also, we'll be opening the fight pantry again this time featuring Sonho Jevalsa, which is a milk chocolate candy from Brazil, and finally, as always, we will hit you guys with the news and happenings and everything going around in the world of MMA and all MMA, excuse me. MMA. It can't get any worse than <laughs> the five other tries that we just did before this. All that and more. But first, boys, what is up? And we are live yeah. on video for the first time ever.
1: Hi. It's different.
0: How does it feel, Brandon? You have not looked at the camera one time. Well, uh, so I'm getting ready to ask. <laughs> you like, don't want to make bra-
1: breaking the fourth wall here. Do I, do I look at the camera? Do you I the camera? you, you I do not want
0: to like, make eye contact. I don't, I don't
1: know the rules. <laughs> do I look at that? I don't, what do I look at? Do
0: you do, like, do what you want. Okay. Yeah. I'm not going to tell you what to do ever. Just going to stare into ever. It. You are a boy. You are a full grown boy. That's right, fellas. What's going on? How are we doing?
1: Tired. That those car, the fights last night went later than I expected. Yeah, they
0: did. You know what I'm noticing right now too, breaking the fourth wall again. I'm looking at you guys, but it looks like I'm looking the opposite. So I actually have to, if I want to look like I'm looking at you guys, I actually have to look in the opposite direction of you guys. I'm
2: just Uh, glad you guys are here for this journey.
0: Yeah, you guys are going to see the the shit show, and it's going to happen slowly. Uh, It's going to be a slow burn, (laughs) but we're trying. Humble beginnings, right? This is very, very humble beginnings. Uh, And so, yeah, so we're here. Um, We are recording this. Have no idea, really, what we're going to do with this video when we stop recording. (laughs) We do have a YouTube channel. I'm um, not 100% sure if it's going to be, I keep looking this way, and people are like, why is he looking? <laughs> but, uh, Somebody in the room? Yeah, so I'm not sure, uh, boys, if, we're, if we're, what we're going to do. I'm <laughs> uh, not sure how we're going to do this. Um, but we're going to do it. We might just upload little clips, definitely um, mm-hmm. probably do some clips, but More this is going to be a journey. Nobody may ever see this, so this might yeah. just be something that nobody sees, and we try again next week. Lock in the <laughs> vault. Yeah, never so, know. Either way. So if you do see it, uh, consider yourselves lucky.
2: Yeah, this could be like a. For those who joined our Patreon, here's our first episode that went very <laughs> weird. Exactly,
0: I'm gonna have to figure out how to like flip my cameras because like it's like opposite. So when weird.
2: we look
1: at you, does it look like we're looking at you? No, it looks like you guys are looking. Uh-huh. The- okay, <laughs> <laughs>
0: look that way. Both of you guys look that. Oh no, no, look back at me. Yeah, look that way.
2: Hola, come on. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah we, right we, we have
0: to like, look in the opposite <laughs> direction. So I'm gonna have to figure out how to flip that. Let me tell you. Uh, well, boys, we actually all fun aside uh video aside we actually have a really really packed episode a mm-hmm. lot to get to this week um i'm really excited for this episode um, but before we do uh, i do want to give a shout out and wish good luck to our gaha fighters who are fighting this coming saturday mm-hmm. december 11th final coliseum combat show here in kokomo indiana i'm a little bummed out i'm not gonna go um obviously with the foot and stuff um uh, just Mobility is literally in and out of somewhere. So, um, like I told you guys yesterday, I've just got way too much BMI to be uh, crutching around places. So, mm-hmm. um, not going to make it. Going to watch the stream, though. Uh, so, good luck to Keaton Spear, Jaden Gowdy, and Gabe. You're it. You're it, you're it, you're it, you're it. Um, good luck to all three of those guys fighting this weekend. And good luck to everybody. Um, you know, uh, the good thing about Coliseum Combat is, I mean, we don't you know personally no fighters but you know you kind of do get to know some of them and right. you know a lot of people that we do know are fighting so uh good luck to everybody i hope it's a great final show in kokomo and mm-hmm. uh really excited for the future of coliseum combat wherever that may be sounds like maybe lafayette or somewhere else mm-hmm. um also congrats to ralph trejo and brady hightower two other gaha guys that went one uh their kickboxing matches at impacto promotions this past weekend Mm -hmm. uh go check out an impacto kickboxing match have you guys been Mm -mm. out of curiosity Mm -hmm. okay i need we need to get you guys to one so i went to i think i've been to two of them uh before so they just recently brought it back actually kind of went away for a while so um yeah we got to go they're fun impactos are fun was
2: damien's in an impacto
0: No, Damien's wasn't, but I did go to one. I think one or two with Damien. It was just me and him, though. I think you worked, so you weren't able to go. So just me and Damien went to it. They're fun. They are a lot, a lot of fun. And always usually pretty good fights, too.
2: Nice. Uh,
0: So, yeah, if you're in or around the Indianapolis area, um, go find Impacto, man. Uh, Look them up. I'm sure they're on social media and stuff. Um, John, let the people know what we ask him to do
2: each and every week. You. We need you to rate. We need you to subscribe. We need you to review. If you have Apple Podcasts, we need you to get on there. Give us one, two, three, four, five stars. Give us a review. If you're on social media, Neon Belly. We're doing this Neon Belly podcast. We're doing this really cool thing called 25 Days of Miss. We're putting up 25 moments that are really special to us in the UFC and MMA. So check that out.
0: All of that. For sure. And maybe now our YouTube. I don't know. Yeah. Hey. I'm, I'm sorry. You know, uh, You can't unsee these faces, Mm -hmm. and if it's not what you expected, too bad.
2: Luckily for us, I think YouTube's getting rid of the dislike, the thumbs down. Yeah, so we're in. So, yes.
0: Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) we're in in there. Uh, Brandon, glad you wore a shirt for the video as well. I tried. Um, So, that's it. Also, at Neon Belly Podcast on Instagram, like John said, go check out our 50 25, excuse me, days of hit-miss uh, that we got going on over there. Just fun. Just some fun little video mm-hmm. clips.
2: You guys uh, might not have known some of these fights. We've been watching for a while. and mm-hmm. Or you yeah. might not have known a moment for a certain guy. So
0: That is 100% facts. Well, boys, last night, Saturday, I keep on, I always say last night, and I forget, this comes out on Monday. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, I got to stop doing last night. Uh, but this past Saturday, UFC fight night, our main event, mm-hmm. Rob Font versus Jose Aldo. Jose Aldo winning decision unanimous decision uh, just a complete complete uh, from start to finish just master performance from Jose well I shouldn't say start to finish really he didn't turn on until the last like 20-30 seconds of the first round but man when he did he just never looked back in that Mm -hmm. fight Mm -hmm. Um, and I I told you guys last night and I'm going to so I'm going to say it again here is very similar to what we were saying with, you know, Colby Usman is if Usman doesn't exist, Colby's probably your 170 pound champ. Mm-hmm. If Piotr Jan doesn't exist, Jose Aldo is a two division champion. He would be your Bantamweight weight champion, right? right? I just, I, he's, this dude has got dropped down to a weight class, which is, you know, you typically don't see people drop down and get better, but he has, mm-hmm. um, especially this late in his career. And it's just a testament. Man, he looks like he still
2: hits hard. <laughs> Rumble, old man Rumble. Yeah. Yikes, man. Yeah. I, you know, it's probably—I would say—probably his most impressive performance. Yeah, at bantamweight for sure. Um, I thought he brought all his tools. He showed that he's dominant in a lot more areas than just you know leg kicks and boxing. Even though those were very big things, right? And I think you know, yeah. I wonder what Habib has to say now because <laughs> he said you win one fight and people like you care you're not reinventing yourself you, you should have retired well yeah i think he's proven and I, you know i think a couple guys i think glover's proven that there's a couple guys who's proven that you can kind of go back and re-get that motivation and and really make it hard for some of these upcoming guys and i think this for sure brazilian navy or whatever boxing thing that aldo's done is just really put a fire in him
0: yeah, I mean, he looks completely brand new. Mm-hmm. Really,
1: something I don't know if I sent this in the chat or not, but I was thinking you mentioned. Um, I don't know if you said how strong he was, but Aldo just looks like a guy who's just frustratingly strong. Like I can't yeah. imagine being in there with him because he's just always so tight, and the way he throws his punches and just like I can't imagine grappling with him because we saw a lot of grappling exchanges. I just mm-hmm. couldn't imagine having control. him. Yeah. Yeah, like, I couldn't control. imagine having him on top and. Yeah. Um, really good performance by Aldo.
0: No, I 100 percent agree, and I think too. Um, like with the frustratingness, like how frustrating the power is, is when... I think it was into that fourth round his eye his eye was closing i mean it looked Mm -hmm. completely compromised and rob font and that's the thing about this this fight is rob font did everything he needed to do and and he put on the best fight that he could and you know it just wasn't there for him last night um but he he came out in that fourth round because you know they had said the eye you know as they told him you know he's Mm -hmm. he can't see so he comes out heavy you know fast looking to land that jab and he looked really good early on and then um jose just cracks him with like a straight right and then closes rob font and then i mean that and then you know rob font falls jose ends the round the whole fourth round on top of font but the whole round that he was on top of Rob Font. I mean, Rob Font, you could tell, was in so much pain. Mm. I mean, that eye was just, you know, he was, you know, grimacing and he kept, like, you know, I saw it one time he, like, wiped it and, like, looked at it. Like, I don't, he probably didn't even know what had happened yeah. or what was wrong with it. But it, but that's just Jose Aldo, too. Like, it's the power, man, because it's just the equalizer.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I think you mentioned, too, because I was thinking, I, Font was doing something that not a lot of people do to Jose when he was just, he, and he pressured him. Like he kept pushing forward, and that's what I think that's what you need to do to beat Aldo, but right. at the same time, that can lead to your downfall because Aldo mm-hmm. hits hard.
2: For sure. Well, and the other thing that's good for Aldo is although Rob was able to land that jab a couple times really well, Aldo has good head movement and he rolls punches really well to where yeah. he can stay, when you're pressuring him, he can stay in that pocket and for land sure. stuff. And mm-hmm. I think that's what, that's what helping him. And then, you know bringing back the leg kicks
0: well the, and he did later in the fight but the jab like that was kind of the thing with rob font right is his what his evolution and this next step he's taken in his career has been his jab he's mm-hmm. done it done it primarily behind his jab but that was never going to work against jose aldo who was probably the more technical cleaner better boxer yeah. and every you know when rob Font was having success it was when he was coming forward being very aggressive mm-hmm. and then as soon as he tried to make it a technical fight and slow down and start jabbing with aldo it, it, you just mm-hmm. you can't do that mm-hmm. with aldo. well and
2: then when his his lead leg got jabbed or got Ate up. You can't step into that jab how you need to and yeah. use it in those later. Yeah, rounds. Aldo is
0: really going to that lake uh late in the round. But like I said, man, Rob, he started the fight. I mean, if you're gonna fight Jose Aldo, mm-hmm. that's how you fight him early in the fight, and he did everything right. And then but just every round, like even that that round was almost looking like a 10, eight round for Rob font literally like the last 20, 30 seconds, you know, Aldo clips him and Drops steals him. the round probably, yeah. you know, I mean, I, I haven't, I didn't see the scorecards, but I bet there was a 50, 45, 50, 45. Yeah. I mean, 47. I, I said there was a strong uh, argument that he won that first round, which means cause he definitely won the next four. Yeah. Um, so yeah, man. so much Uh. and in Brandon, you said it last
1: night. Um, is there, <laughs> God, it's going to be a thing guys. <laughs>
0: This is what we deal with. <laughs> this is literally fifty three, fifty four episodes in and
1: Brandon's still. Yep. Got the little chip clip still on the head. Still, headphones. guys. Yep. This Got was the, a thing. This was
0: a thing episode one.
1: Yeah. Got this chip clip episode one. We're, we're on me. video
0: now and, and still. This is I, what it is. I can't, guys. We can't. Um, <laughs> but uh, Brandon, you, uh, I don't even remember where I was going with that. <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, you had said something that about it. Uh, about the, the fight. Whole, about or- the thing. The thing you had said something about something. Yeah, this. yeah, I know. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think when <laughs> just to jump in no, and I, get some. I, real, clarity. Well, no, I know. I, no, I know what I was going to say. You had said something. Is there's still a lot left for? Oh yeah, mm-hmm. and and kind of you know what do you think could be next uh, for Aldo?
1: Um, I think well, I sent that and one of you responded. Um, I want to say it was Sanhagen or maybe it was TJ. TJ, I um, said TJ, TJ, TJ yeah. number one contender. I love that fight, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's a real good one. You know, Sanhagen just came off the loss to Yon, so I think that. Yeah. You know, Aldo TJ makes a lot of sense. Um, it's just a matter of when can TJ get back, you know, because I don't think yeah. Jose wants to wait around too long.
0: And I don't think we've heard a timetable for TJ yet, have mm-hmm. we? I, I didn't think so. I, I was thinking about that last night after the fight. Is like, man, I don't even know, like, really when TJ's planning on coming back because they haven't really said. Yeah, I don't know. So hopefully hopefully sooner or early next year. I'm sure Aldo's going to need some time. I mean, that, that was a war, and it was a great fight mm-hmm. uh, by both guys. And. Honestly, I don't know what was in the air last night in Vegas, but, man, this card was just a phenomenal fight night. Uh, great fights top to bottom. Uh, moving on, though, in our co-main event, we had Brad Riddell versus Rafael Faizeev. Brandon, there was a main event last night. Did you know that? Co-main. Co-main, I mean.
1: Yeah, I did know that. You did? Was it you with the Texan? you know who he is now? Yeah. That, yeah, it was yeah. you. Oh, gosh. gosh. Lord. Hmm.
0: Rafael Faizeev defeating Brad Riddell via round three spinning wheel kick like just beautiful
1: mm-hmm. yeah, just made him beautiful. have to reboot his computer
0: oh dude that was like just spins hit yeah and brad riddell just was like got s- definitely you know you hear the scent to the shadow realm and that's exactly yeah. where brad riddell <laughs> went <laughs> um rafael Faizeev, man I, I tried explaining to brandon last week um i, I hope tried. you hope you went and looked him up uh but He's legit, man. I mean, mm-hmm. he. I'm telling you, in a division that is probably one of the more top-heavy divisions, he might be one of the best, if not the best, pure strikers in the division. Y'all yeah, look at you too. <laughs> <laughs> right. no. It's so weird. I know people are gonna watch and be like, "Why do they keep looking away from each other?" <laughs> yeah. Uh, but no, yeah, I yeah, it's probably just if you guys just look forward, it looks a little better. Yeah. There you go. I just look at yeah. the TV. Yeah, well, don't, don't you, look at the TV. You, you know, thing
2: is that how that fight went, you know. Riddell didn't look bad, obviously. Right. You know, that was a really good fight. Yeah. And he's another one who's, I mean, that's only his second loss. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's against somebody tough like that. But yeah. yeah.
0: I just, you know, I think he won the first round a little bit. And then, but by the second round, and I told, message you guys, you could tell Faizeev had totally downloaded everything he needed to figure out about Brad Riddell, was really starting to open up, really starting to pick him up. He figured the timing out, I think, a little bit. And then I, I had messaged you guys, it's like, if Riddell wants to win this fight, he's going to have to take Faizeev down, and he did it. He came yeah. like right out and did it in the third round, and it was like effortless, beautiful change levels, went right to the double leg, um, and then I think he took him down again or got to yeah. the clinch. But he kept cutting him loose, like he would mm. get him down. You know, Fazib, credit to him, did a really good job scrambling to try to get back up to his feet somewhat. But a couple times that Brad Riddell would get to his hips or or even land a takedown, he just kind of cut Faizeev loose, and I I didn't really understand that uh, game plan from him.
1: I don't know that there was so much game plan thing but I think sometimes when you get a hold of guys you get them down you can just kind of feel like you just kind of right. know where that's headed and I wonder if he just had a feeling like yeah this probably isn't going to go where I want it to yeah so better to cut your losses and
0: could be but I feel like he I mean even like we had talked about it last week because I feel like that was kind of his advantage going into this mm-hmm. is he was going to hold that ground. And he just completely didn't use it and I didn't know Last week, when he had pre, when we previewed this fight, that they used to kind of somewhat train together at Tiger Muay Thai. Mm-hmm. Brad Riddell was like his Muay Thai coach or something. Um, so you know, I don't know if maybe when he was in there. Not that it became like, you know, he went back to like, oh, it's like a sparring, but you know, maybe there was that kind of like, oh, well I want to beat this guy at what I used to coach him at somewhat. You know, I I don't want to see that. Yeah. And I don't want to put that on him because I'm not saying that, but I just felt like the takedowns were there for him the whole time. And he just refused to go to it for whatever reason.
2: Well, and that being said too, you know, with it being a close, you know, back and forth fight and him getting those takedowns in the third, that kick was super clutch. Yeah. I mean, because who knows what happens if it goes to judges. Yeah. So I mean, it was
0: well. The yeah, and it was so early in that third round. It was a close dude. That first round, I don't know who you give that mm, first round to.
2: They were just cracking. Second round, I thought
0: Faizy did a little bit towards the end to really kind of take that round over. Uh, But yeah, that third round, I mean, it was pretty back and forth. There just wasn't enough in it to say like it would have went one way or the other. But dude, good luck if if that would have went to the score. I mean, the judges' scorecards. I have no idea. Unless you know, yeah, because if the third round would have played out kind of more how the fight was.
2: dude yeah Who knows? well if that kick misses or he doesn't throw it you know there wasn't much time left yeah I thought
0: Brad Riddell just he kept he he was he had early success with that ah, what was the combination he was kind of kicking the inside the lead foot and then kind of coming over the top with the right and he was having early success with it but then he just kept going back to the well going back to the well with it and and once Faizeev started timing it I mean it was just kind of over from there but Mm -hmm. I'm telling you guys Rafael Faiziv is, he is going to be a legit player this next year in this division. And with that striking, I mean, just it's so silky smooth. That Mm -hmm. was the first thing, even at every point in that fight is like you could just see the difference in technical, like just the technical difference of, you know, Brad Riddell was really winding up and throwing big powerful shots and Fizee was just kind of flowing and rolling mm-hmm. with everything, just beautifully, beautifully putting together combinations. Yeah,
2: whenever they ran into each other, like... Uh, it was so much fun. It was so violent. <laughs> yeah. Like It was like you just like riling up two... Like animals and throwing them at each That's other. That's because they
0: like. were like going into a phone bo- booth and throwing like ten punch combos at each other. <laughs> That's just like, like both of them, just like slipping and like oh, it was oh yeah, it was I a, loved it, man. it was an amazing fight. Uh, next fight, light heavyweight division, Jamal Hill defeating Jimmy Crew via round one obliteration. Three punches. Geez, Louise, I it's like kind of like what I told you guys we had talked about with chaos Williams is with, when you got power like that, you can beat anybody in the world. Like it just genuinely doesn't matter, um, who, who you're facing. And, um, that, um, you guys need to look at the camera.
2: <laughs> it's oh. weird. It looks so weird. I'm, sorry. <laughs> I'm not used to that. Yeah, I'm just, used to being down here. It just looks like you
0: guys are looking off screen. We just
2: need to like set the camera up behind you. <laughs>
0: or just look at each other if you need to look away. But yeah, they, it just looks so weird. <laughs> uh, we'll figure this out. Don't All worry, bad. guys. We'll get to it. But no, uh, Jamal Hill, like I said with Chaos though, uh, what I was finishing that is when you got power like that, man, you can literally beat anybody in the world yeah. um and i'm telling you he's a dangerous fight for anybody
1: well, and what's weird is like when i watch it i remember like okay so the first shot he landed dropped him right like the very first one he landed but it, yeah it, it, it's so weird because it doesn't look like he hits that hard. i know i mean he he throw and that just must be like completely you know, obviously he's got that power that's just innate, but also the yeah. techniques there.
2: So that's yeah. what I found yeah. really weird. Well, it's that links, You get that fulcrum. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It just whips around. Like, that That check hook was,
0: oh. ooh. I yeah. was that, or he just has, like, lead in his gloves, maybe. Yeah. Like, that's what it looks Look,
2: like. You know, to land three punches and see what Jimmy Crude's face looked like. Yeah. Well, Yikes, we, talked, we
1: talked last week, too, about how tough Jimmy Crude was. Yeah. yeah. And then that, he didn't, I mean, I'm not taking anything away from him, but that looked no, He got put easy. out. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Oh, just, let's. but that's what I'm saying is, I mean, I'm not saying that, you know, he's better than Jiri or Magomed or, you know, a lot of these guys that we think are but kind he has of like, a chance. But dude. Yeah. I mean, you can't go out you I mean, you can't tell me if he goes out and hits anybody with those with, I mean, that power that they're not going to go to sleep, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, so much, you know, I mean, he said in his post-fight, you know, he had said, you know, Paulo Costa would be a mm-hmm. name, you know, wanting to walk him, welcome him into the division. And then he said one more name. Johnny Walker. Johnny yeah. Walker. Yeah, oh, that would be like, fun. I one. like both of those. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, both of those are phenomenal. No, I agree. Um, boys, the legend, Clay Guida gosh. defeating Leonardo oh, Santos gosh. via round two submission. And, you know, just to put a little context on that, you know, Leonardo Santos, world champion black seven belt. Time. Seven times, mm-hmm. yeah, world champion black belt. Um, I had mentioned to you guys last night, I wonder what the odds were on Guida winning via
2: submission. I Six, looked it somebody up said yes. plus sixteen hundred. Sixteen fifty. Oh gosh. <laughs> so,
0: uh that's how like the 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 fact that he finished him with a rear naked choke. And if you watch the fight, the fact that he even won the fight oh. is freaking insane because uh, Leonardo Santos came out, I think it was a front kick to the body. If yeah, I like right. a, yeah, like a toe kick. Like kind of teeped him to the body, mm-hmm. and I mean Guida just folded and Eight I mean knees. Santos was all over him, kneeing him, big punches, even dropped Guida with the knee a couple yep. times. It was I mean, really, and I, I think even the commentators might have said it is that if that you maybe John, you said it too, is if that they stopped that fight, they could have because yeah. if they would have, nobody would have contested that play owes
2: Keith Peterson a dinner. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> That Was kind of like that. Wow. You remember the like the Brock Shane Carwin fight where it's just yeah. like, Yeah, this could have stopped and then it didn't, and, and then, then it Brock, turns, yeah,
0: or yeah, Brock ends up winning. That's a good, yeah, it's a
1: good,
2: it
0: is a really good analogy. Mm-hmm. Um, but Clay Guida, man, Rumble, Young Man, Rumble. I mean, American here, Wrestling, here, yeah, here we are, man. And uh, he turns 40. <laughs> uh, I think they said he turns yeah. 40 in like two or three days. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't know, man. Like, I told you guys, like. What a wave he just decided to go out, you know, beating a guy that way. It's massive under. I think he was like one of the biggest, bigger underdogs on the
1: card too. Mm-hmm. Well, he, I don't know if you guys saw him like the kind of the, fight week um press conferences or interviews he had actually talked they said how do you see this fight going he's like i see it going like i want to submit him and i want to get him with a rear naked choke just just like Jeez. how i won is he won his USA de- usc debut with a rear naked choke so that, yeah that's just even more of like if he did go out to go out that way the kind of mm-hmm. the way he came in for and, sure yeah i mean i don't know there's a better way i know
2: he called out diaz he wants to do that fight again which I don't blame him. Get some money, man.
0: Yeah, Nate Diaz is never going to take that no. fight. He might get Nick. <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> Can you uh, imagine d- Diaz taking that fight, but not Hamzat, though? Yeah, but I mean,
0: like I said, I, d- I don't think Clay Weed is going anywhere. No. I, mean, I really think this dude is going to stick it out until they say no mas. Somebody, he feels great.
1: I mean, he's saying he that looks he feels, great. Yeah. I mean,
0: you know. <laughs> I mean, you can make what you want about the T te- You know that body kick. You know doing as much damage. I mean, not damage, but him reacting in the way that he did is. You know that that could be attributed to some age a little bit there. Mm-hmm. I don't really mm-hmm. know. You know he's taking the amount of damage. Clearly. Well, that's the other
2: thing. Like he can he his body can tough through, but eventually it's going to start telling. Yeah. Him. I mean, you start taking like those knees. Whoa. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Boys, the good times kept rolling. Chris Curtis defeating Brendan Allen via round two KO. I'm telling you what. Chris Curtis, man, this dude is a story. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I'm trying to remember, and I was trying to remember last night, and I'm not, I'll be honest with you guys, we're not as prepared today because we recorded this. It's, I'll take the heat on this when I called these guys early this morning, and we're recording a lot earlier than we normally do. Uh, so usually we have time throughout the day to look this stuff up. But Chris Curtis was supposed to have a Dana White contender series fight, I do remember, or maybe he won his contender series fight and they didn't give him a contract or Mm -hmm. something. There was something in there. Um, then he got called, uh, last minute, like on a week's notice to fight, uh, Phil Haas, which was just like two or three weeks ago. Yeah. Phil Haas comes out, dominates him the whole first round. And then kind of towards the end of the first round, Curtis just sits down on a big, right drops, Haas knocks him out clean. Mm -hmm. Then I think they said he took this fight with Brendan Allen last minute too, two mm -hmm. weeks, like two weeks notice or something like that. Yeah. I think they said he had like 10 days for his camp I told you guys last night. Brendan Allen's won- lost one fight in the UFC. He's beat guys like Kyle Dawkus or uh, Chris Dauk, whoever the younger Dawkus is. Kyle. Keep, I'm sorry, guys. Kyle Dawkus, <laughs> Kevin Holland. I think uh, I th- told you guys. Brendan Allen's only loss is Sean, Sean Strickland, yeah. who's actually a teammate to Chris Curtis. Wow. Um But uh, so Chris Curtis comes out, and here he is beating a guy like Brendan Allen, who a lot of people thought was going to within this next year could potentially be you know a contender.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It was to have like two big knockouts like that within like five weeks of each other is just crazy it was funny in his post fight where he talked about asking about getting the bonus because last time he got beat out by a heavyweight who did a a wheel kick yeah it's kind of like yeah well
0: we gotta do is he Um,
1: is he is he the one that i read somebody somebody's six and know this year is that him
0: well, yeah, but his, yeah, so he's won, yeah, he's fought six times, I think, I he's fought six times this year, I can't remember if he's won all six, but I think most of them are outside of the UFC as well.
1: Well, that's still six fights in a and, year.
0: And I'm pretty sure, uh, we, I could actually look this up, but I'm pretty sure, because uh, he's from, kind of in this area, I don't know if he's from michigan or illinois but he actually has fought in indiana quite a bit he actually fought Bilal muhammad i think it, oh, nice. i think he beat him um i think it was the old um hfc or mm. was that old promotion yeah. uh but yeah he actually fought Bilal muhammad here in indiana uh, nice. i'm pretty sure he beat him too if i remember right i'd have to look that up i think so, he's got sorry he six
2: this year and seven in a row total it's crazy man
0: So Chris Curtis, man, look out for him in this next year. He might make some noise. Uh, And then the last fight on the main card, uh, one fight did drop off that was supposed to be on the main card. Jake Matthews? Jake Matthews. Mm. Uh, COVID. He he got COVID, yeah. Yeah. So they moved uh, Alex Morono and Mickey Gall up, and Alex the Great White Morono defeating Mickey Gall via unanimous decision. I walked in on the middle of this fight, Mm -hmm. haven't got a chance to go back and watch it. Um, I think I walked in like literally within the first minute of the second round. Yeah. And it was pretty much, I felt like, just the Alex Morono show, honestly. I mean, yeah. He just looked pretty dominant from yeah. what I saw in the fight.
2: It looked like Gall made some improvements a little bit on his striking. I know the commentators were talking about I Like you, I walked in a little bit late to it, but... Um, it. I mean, Ronald's just put together a really good little run here. The last three he's fights, looking good, I mean.
0: man. Looking good. I, yeah, I like him. I, I think he's. uh I don't know what the the upside is. The you know to him or the the kind of ceiling there, but he's he looked good every time he's been in a big spot. He's performed, and now, man, for Mickey Gall, seven and four, it's gonna be tough.
1: It's not a bad record, but his record in the UFC is not that great. No, and no. yeah, it is seven and four. I yeah, and <laughs> yeah. I, I know you said like he did make the improvements in the striking, but. I'm a Mickey Golf fan, but I, I just wonder if it's kind of that same effect. Like Mickey Golf thrives on the ground, right? He's a jiu-jitsu guy, yeah. Mm-hmm. But he—I I don't even remember seeing him shoot much, if at all, in that fight. I don't think I saw um, it. It's pretty much played out on the feet. But even going back, like when he fought Mike Perry, this really kind of stood out. Mike Perry controlled him on the ground most of that fight, yeah, so, yeah, which kind of blew people away. Yeah. So, man, I—I I don't know. That's a tough one. That's a tough loss. I just,
0: yeah, I said it last week too. He just might be one of those guys that could just benefit from a step away excuse me, from the UFC for just a minute. You
1: know? yeah. yeah.
2: He's still young. I am mean, he's 30, I think. I
0: thought he was young. John's the one that said he was like 30.
1: Yeah.
2: It, it's yeah. kind of like the Sage Northcut thing where you have this yeah. kind of weird beginning and then things don't pan out. And obviously it hasn't panned out the greatest for Sage outside. But, sure. you know, you do see like Brandon Moreno, you know, have a, a tough go and then leave and come back. And he's, he could do it just because with his ground game he could get finishes and those are the type of things that can get you back in it but learning to strike in the ufc is a really bad idea yeah Yeah, it's hard to do
0: Well, just learning in the ufc in general i mean like i said he made his pro debut in the ufc against in that spot against cm punk um Mm -hmm. and yeah i mean it's just it it is a tough place to learn um Mm -hmm. so that's the ufc fight night boys um one other results uh we're gonna get to a couple more results real quick uh last night, or no, was it Friday night? Sorry. Sergio Pettis defeating... Hold on, boys. There it is. Uh, Kyojo, Kyojo Horiguchi via fourth-round spinning back fist to retain his Bellator Bantamweight title. Um, I I told John last night, I actually watched most of this fight. I found a good, like, clips highlight thing where they mm. showed most of it. Yeah. Um, and Horiguchi, which, if you don't know who Kyojo Horiguchi is, outside of america is probably one of the best fighters in the world um you know going back to our asia mma team i mean he's like kind of talk about one of those guys that could slide in one of those spots here one day um dominated that fight pretty much the whole time up until this backfist and sergio pettis in the fourth round just landed a just beautiful beautiful backfist that's yeah. the
2: fight game it is the right? fight that's game. that's yeah. what's so crazy about that Got yep. to keep your head on a swivel man you know not only did he land a backfist I mean, we'll talk about it as we get to the end of the year, as far as like knockouts of the year, or even just like comeback moment. To do
0: it in a title fight, man, too, that makes a lot. That makes it a lot bigger,
2: you know. And and, if he would have landed, if he would have hit that follow up shot, it was it was looking ugly. It's (laughs) a good
0: thing he stopped. But I'm telling you, that's a for him to beat Horiguchi the way that he did, and Mm -hmm. just to beat him in general, that's that's a huge win uh, for Sergio Pettis, who has kind of like we're saying with Mickey Gall, maybe, you know, stepped away, found his footing a bit in another mm-hmm. promotion. Yeah. Which
2: I think we talked about. He was really young coming into the UFC. He so was. To get this. And then they announced the Grand Prix after that. So Oh, did they? I didn't see yeah, that. Yeah, they announced the Grand Prix for, for the Bantamweight. Yeah. Nice. So, obviously, Horiguchi's in it. You have Pettis in it. You have that um, Archuleta in it. Um, there's a couple other guys. I can't remember all of them. But that'll be, you know, that just adds to his name. He wins that. Then, you know, he's he really... Did. He's really made a big change up for his career.
0: Last uh, result we have, boys. We kind of teased it last week because we were watching it live as we recorded Triad Combat's debut card. Cubart Pulov. I'm probably butchering that name, defeating Frank Muir via TKO in round one. Mm. <laughs> that was scary stuff. Yeah, that's tough to I watch, watch. If, if you haven't seen that. Alexander Flores defeating Matt Mitrione via unanimous decision, and Mike Perry defeated Michael Seals mm. via split decision boys. Uh Thoughts overall on triad combat before we move on.
1: Not a big fan. Really? <laughs> Not I a thought big, it was fun let me, let to watch. Me, Let me rephrase. Not a fan of the way it's marketed. Okay, um, I can see that, yeah. But, I mean, the fights were fun to watch, but yeah. don't tell me it's MMA versus boxing when I'm watching a boxing match that's really what it is with, with some dirty boxing and Superman punches and backfists that I didn't see in any of those fights. Mostly just clinched. They did off. happen.
0: Um, I think actually, I think it was a bot. I think it was the guy that Mitrione fought was well, like through I left, the spinning I backfist. Left right before yeah. Perry uh, Cause fought, it was kind of funny, like a boxer through the first spinning backfist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so my kind I know, yeah, you guys kind of left. I'm the one that kind of watched more of it. Uh, my overall assessment is I, I'm, i'm kind of lukewarm on it i'm not willing to be like i love it i hate it um, i'm kind of in the middle right now i want to see another event um i'm just not a big fan of triller and the way that they promote their fights and and how they go about the like you know the whole like concert stuff like it's just a little bit much like man like i just want to see the fight you know and, and mm-hmm. i understand not everybody's like that and they, they have to make it something that everybody wants to see so you know a four-hour card where almost an hour of it's metallica performing yeah. You're like okay whatever but i don't want to see that mm-hmm. um so i wasn't a fan of that but i'll say this i was actually really surprised at how much i think the rule set uh does kind of even it out a little bit um yeah. even minus the leg kicks because especially in most of these fights i think actually in every fight uh, well first off the mma guys won majority right. of the fights um I want to say Mitrione and Mir were like the only two MMA fighters that lost the whole night, mm-hmm. and they even. And, but they even started out winning those fights. Yeah. Uh, well, except for Mir, no. <laughs> but <laughs> uh, but I noticed that. But even in the Perry fight uh, against that Michael Seals, he came out and looked really good up until towards the end. But it's like that rule set. It's kind of like a, it took a minute for the boxers to really get comfortable, I think. Um, mm-hmm. So that could be something with maybe a little bit more experience. It might start looking a little bit more boxing favorable, I guess.
1: Do you think that like adding something, say leg kicks or even elbows, tips it too far <clears throat> into the MMA advantage?
0: I don't think so. I wouldn't mind seeing it. Um, I think they're just worrying about worrying about it tipping it into like a kick where it's just like you're basically just walking watching kickboxing. Yeah, mm-hmm. So I think they want to be so different that they're trying to make it different if that makes sense. Um, But the one thing, especially in the Mitrione fight too, is the clinching and the hugging. There's that weird line, right? Um, Where, how do I explain it? So you want to encourage the clinch, but then when guys are clinched, (laughs) yeah, but when you, when guys are clinched, he was looking at uh, (laughs) way. But when guys are clinched, it's like, at what point do you break it up though? You know what Mm, I'm saying? Cause vitrione was really starting to clench, but it was more out of exhaustion, I think. Um, And so I, I'm not saying that the breakups weren't warranted, but maybe you're kind of walking that line of like, they, they're just—you can tell they just need to work it out a little bit. Yeah, more, if that makes
1: sense. That has probably a lot to do with who's the, who's refing, right? Yeah, because
0: like, there was actually an incident in the Mitrione fight where the ref like didn't fully even know the rule set, kind of um, because yeah. Mitrione did something that was legal, and the ref was like, "You can't do that." I think it was Mergliata was actually the yeah. the referee. So yeah. I just think it's going to take some time. In I mean, it, it is like a new sport, kind of as they're mm-hmm. you know sure. doing it. So
2: I, th- I think my biggest problem was it with it was the main event. And it's it's a weird. Yeah, that was rough. Man. You come into a weird spot with this, but you put an old Frank Mir against a guy whose only losses were like Anthony Joshua and like Wilder or something. Like, yeah, there was, and then the way that he got knocked out and just was on his feet, just looking like a zombie. It's just
0: yeah. Well, him or Mitrione didn't look like they were in good shape, and the commentators were like, "Look at the phenomenal shape that yeah. these guys." Are. And I'm like, bro,
2: <laughs> go back and watch some old tapes because neither of these guys. are I will their say best I shape. was really impressed by. Um, who's the guy who was in the ufc uh know, term a, term terminov or something term- yeah, like that Yeah, i can't remember i know he he called he to get really back good. in and you know good. how as the mm or as ufc's been doing this whole best boxer and mma type of thing yeah he you know he kind of made a claim to that obviously just winning a, a kind of faux boxing match but sure. he looked really good too so there's there's definitely some i think there's something to it but i do think they still got a lot to figure out as far as matchmaking and just kind of solidifying the rules right
0: Boys, well, we got to get into it. UFC 269 this Saturday night, December 11th, at the T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas, Nevada. Quick fun fact, Las Vegas actually means the meadows due to underground water found in the Artesian wells. Did you know that, Brandon?
1: I didn't know that. Did you guys
0: quit looking at me? Uh, I, dude, this is... Both of you guys we're are going to have to get used it. to this. I'm, 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 I'm not even looking at you. It's not even I'm just even,
2: you. I'm not even looking at you.
1: <laughs> I feel like it's unfair because he can see... Like what?
2: What? Like you can yeah. see maybe
0: I'll get you guys like a little. Maybe we just need to figure out like a little monitor. Like
2: this there. is I, I, would I get. Least it. I, know, I I get yeah. it. I get. <laughs> it. Well, it's worse too because you're talking, so you're you look, you always want to look, look. Guys, yeah.
0: we're the triad combat of podcasts We're gonna figure yeah. this out. Triangles, chill. You know, we're figure gonna figure this rule set out. All right, right. All right. Our main event, boys, the champ Charles Oliveira versus Dustin the Diamond Poirier. This will be Oliveira's first title defense after winning the vacant title from Michael Chandler in May of this year. He's won his last ten straight fights. hasn't lost since 2017. Dustin Poirier gets another shot at the title since losing it last uh, his last title shot, excuse me, back in 2019 to Habib. Since that loss, he's gone on a perfect three for three in his last fights, including a win over Dan Hooker and two back to back wins over Conor McGregor. Um, Boys, Charles has looked pretty unstoppable these past few fights. Uh, What does Dustin have to do? to uh, get it done here, stop this little 10-fight run.
1: He's going to pressure Oliver and he's going to grind him out. I mean, he has to do what Dustin does best, which is just get in there and wear on him Yeah, um, and not get taken down. I have a feeling if Oliver gets into the ground, it's going to be a short night for Poirier just based yeah. on the Habib fight, but Oliveira's not Habib, so I guess
2: we'll see. Yeah, he's not BP. He has way more attacks on the ground as far as submission goes. So That's the point. That makes that dangerous. But for me, I think he needs to be able to finish. If he hurts him, he can't let him come back because you've seen it. And what I don't like is this weird, he's broke before, so everybody can break him. People adjust, man. People yeah. grow. I mean, there's fighters that'd be like saying GSP gets broke because he lost to Matt Hughes or something yeah. like that. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, when you win 10 in a row, right. you can't really, you know. You can't really make that. I think it's more of like if you if he gets in a bad situation, but to me, if there was any doubt of that, he proved it in the Chandler fight. Exactly. You like you I, know, was gonna say. I mean, you can't really put that on him anymore, for mm-hmm. sure.
2: I think if if Dustin can keep this standing up, which Oliveira has very improved striking. His yeah. chin is I mean, he bounced back from a really big shot from Chandler, so yeah. if if Poye can hit him and hurt him and then just kind of keep back up and make him stand back up and stay in that realm. It's a long night for Oliveira, I feel like. But if things start getting mixed up, things get really interesting because of the ground game, I think.
0: Yeah, and I kind of going back to the Fizeev thing is I think other than him, like I was actually going to say that is, you know, Charles Oliveira is probably the only other like pure, just beautiful strike. I mean, the evolution of his striking has mm. just been – phenomenal. I mean, you just don't, you know, you see it with guys like Usman who's kind of developed a really nice jab and stuff, but to see guys so late in their career, make an adjustment the way that he has, you know, although a little bit like we've just talked about is just, it's crazy, man. And Mm -hmm. his striking has looked really good. I'm interested to see how it matches up against Dustin though. Um, because I mean I mean Dustin is really tough man right. and you know there's a lot you got to do a lot to get to get Dustin I mean we you know we've seen it twice now with Conor McGregor who mm-hmm. I mean regardless of what you think but Conor Conor McGregor is same thing just a great striker um and Dustin's figured that out as well so mm-hmm. really really excited for this main event
2: I don't think you're going to see a lot of people give Oliveira a lot of a chance just because it is kind of more he's kind of more recently in the spotlight yeah but I think he has just as good a chance as anybody and Dustin obviously has a really good you know last three fights and you know even worked his way up to the title so I think this is going to be a really really good fight yeah I think the styles especially
1: that's one thing I'm really looking forward to just the clash of styles so
0: for sure we'll the co-main event for the women's bantamweight title, we have Amanda Nunez versus Juliana Pena. A lot of bad blood going into this fight. Uh, these two ladies do not like each other. They were supposed to fight earlier this year, uh, but it was canceled because uh, Nunez dropped out due to COVID. And not that there was any love lost between them before that, but since the original fight was canceled, uh, Pena has been very vocal uh, towards her disdain for Amanda Amanda. Uh, she's hinted at steroid use, doubted, even doubted that Amanda had COVID, but instead, you know, kind of claimed that Nunez just flat out didn't want to fight her. Uh, boys, Pena's been begging for this fight for years, and she finally gets her chance to dance with the goat on Saturday. <laughs> what are you guys giving her chances on that?
2: I think you're you're digging yourself in a really weird spot. You know, giving her motivation, <clears throat> and you know, we talk about it with, you know, with sports like. Uh, or they call it whiteboard material mm-hmm. where people say something and then you write it up there and that's your motivation sure. to get through it. Mm-hmm. And Amanda, I don't think Amanda's somebody you want to give like, Oh, give me attention. <laughs> you want her to be like, yeah. Oh, it's another fight. Like, I mean, maybe she needs to do that to hype herself up, but against somebody like Amanda who just devastates people, it's, uh, it, it's going to be tough. I don't, I mean, Amanda's put herself in that. You can't beat her until you can beat her in my right. eyes. So, I mean, but props to her. I mean, if you can go in there and find a way not to feel like you're fighting Amanda and it's just another girl, that's your best chance for Pena.
1: Yeah, I think to me, all the trash talk, all the stuff she's saying, that to me is her just trying to get into Amanda's head because I, I honestly think that's the best shot she has is getting Amanda emotional because I don't know the last time she fought emotional, mm-hmm. um, but I think that that's you know a good way to go um, if you're if you're Pena. But um, as far as the fight itself, I just yeah, I don't, I don't think it's going to be very different from what she, we've seen.
0: She thinks stylistically, she's a bad matchup for Amanda. What do you guys think of that? No. Where? So I think and, and I think <laughs> well, right, but I think I definitely think uh Pinya needs to make this a gritty, grindy match. Uh she has to, you know, find a way obviously to get to the, the fight to the ground where you know it's kind of her game, right? Um, you know, she's gonna she's gonna have to try to press him on the cage, get her up there, you know, just grind on her, kinda wear her out a little bit, try to. I'm not yeah. believe me, I'm not saying <laughs> yeah. I think that's what's gonna happen. But but I, I think she thinks that she's got the cardio, the tank, the wrestling, the style, everything can come come together on the night to kind of beat amanda and you know maybe it's just like kind of what john what you were just saying that we've just never seen it so you can't really it's hard to put it in that bubble
2: and and to have that game plan you also have to have a chin because you're going to get hit trying to do those type of things and when we talk about people who've been able to implement a game plan on amanda and survive the the striking side of it you're like valentina and that's kind of it it's kind of cliche to say but I, i do think at this point we're looking at you
0: know Amanda can only be Amanda at this point. Yeah. So if if Amanda's preparation hasn't been there, you know she's still gonna go face Juliana Pena, who outside of Amanda is one of the best female band and weight fighters in the world. Right. Um, And and if her, you know, and I I mean, she's a new mom. I'm not saying these things or I'm not questioning that she hasn't worked hard. I Believe me, I I think she does. But I think it's one of those situations where as soon as maybe the effort slacks for Amanda is when we can see it possibly in the cage. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I
2: mean, anything can happen in a fight. I mean, we've seen it. And, you know, you can't count anybody out. But like I said, there's a handful of people that they've earned this right to say, well, until somebody can beat them, nobody can beat them.
0: Yep, our next fight, boys, Jeff Neal versus Santiago Ponzinibbio. Uh, Ponzinibbio has been active this year since returning after a two-year layoff. He's one and one. Uh, first fight back was a loss to Lee Xilengang, Uh but it, uh, and then he had that fight of the night victory over Miguel Baeza in his last fight. Mm-hmm. But coming back after two years and then fighting a guy like you know Zilengong is is really really tough. But you know Ponzinibbio looked so good before he went out. Mm-hmm. Um, beforehand um you know he was on a 9 fight
2: win streak close to the title he was
0: really close to the title i think he got like staff infection and like yeah, it, and it, it was, was like life threatening like yeah. literally almost took him out um so i, I think them throwing him in that Lee langung young fight was a big one but then in the fight against you know Bayaza you know he looked really good and you know he's miguel bayaza is a really he got tough, his leg kicked out and found yeah. a way
2: to no grit through it yeah
0: and then you got jeff Neal. uh he was on a seven fight win streak before losing his last two in a row to both wonder boy and most recently neil magny back in may uh it is worth noting going into this fight that jeff Neal was arrested on thanksgiving day for a dwi in an unlawful possession of a firearm apparently uh so right now the ufc is saying that's not gonna affect him fighting he will be there apparently the truck there, him and his attorney think the charges are going to be dropped. He submitted a blood sample. They they think that it's going to prove that he was under the .08 limit. Um, And then the unlawful firearm possession, he legally owns that firearm. But I guess in the state of Texas, if you're caught breaking the law without a gun, it falls under that unlawful possession mm. charge thing. So they think as long as his blood comes back good, which they're thinking it will, um, that he'll be, you know let go on all those charges and stuff so as of right now the fight is still on um and it may not be a big but it is worth noting right i mean i'm not saying like oh dude the guy was drinking on thanksgiving he hasn't been training but you know to go through something like that a couple weeks here before you know possibly one of the biggest cards of the year it Mm -hmm. is worth bringing that up i think it's a part of this fight now right
2: yeah yeah it's part of your you know it's an interruption in you
1: know what you were building so yeah, and he was coming off two losses, so having two losses in a row against good guys, you know, Magny and Thompson are no joke, but yeah. then to add on the arrest, that's kind of, it's a lot of negative. Just one more into, thing, yeah, yeah so. for sure.
0: Uh, moving down the Cardboys, Cody Garbrandt makes his flyweight debut against City Kickboxing's Kai Kara France, uh, the former bannerweight champ Cody Garbrandt is moving down a weight class after falling one and four in his last five fights. Uh, his last fight was a unanimous decision loss to Rob Font back in May. Um, after a very strong start to his UFC debut, after his UFC debut, Kai Kara France has been in a bit of a yo-yo. He's two and two in his last four, literally one one lost one 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 lost one. Mm-hmm. Um, but the biggest headline of this fight, I think, going into it is going to be what does Cody Garbrandt look like at 125 mm-hmm. pounds? Because Pictures don't
2: look great. I don't
0: mm-hmm. think he looked that bad. I mean, I th- he looks a little sucked I mean, down, but I think that's kind of to be expected.
2: But that doesn't, as you get older and stuff like that, that doesn't always pan out great. I mean, it worked for Aldo. Yeah, well, but everybody ain't Aldo. For, oh, it didn't work for
1: TJ. Yeah. That's, that's what I'm thinking. You know, TJ went yeah. down and he looked oh, rough. Geez,
0: Louise. He, yeah. he had to take everything under the book to nah, get down. I, that's
1: what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. So I don't think that's Cody, though. No, I don't think he's taking stuff, but I think... You're Gosh. different when you're when you're dropping to 25, and um, Nate's battling the dog. Yeah, but so I think when you drop down like that, like you said, Cody looks. Dang. I thought he looked a little rough. I mean, obviously, it's going to be a big difference when you're dropping all the way down to 25. Sure. But mm-hmm. yeah, I just I wonder if that chin is going to be there.
0: It's going to be really interesting, and you know, Kai Car France, you know. <laughs> The funny thing is, this isn't even the first time this has happened on this podcast. It's just nobody's <laughs> no. <laughs> seen it. Uh, the, the interesting thing about uh, Kai Kaur Fronts, I think, is he, he, this isn't going to be a pushover fight. You know, this is a tough fight for Cody mm-hmm. Garbrandt to mm-hmm. make a debut in a weight class where there is so much uncertainty. Yeah. I'm excited, man. I'm Especially excited. with his fighting style. Yeah, and, but but if Cody can really has this, you know, weight cut dialed in, I mean, this could be really interesting. Yeah. Uh, a run for him down at 125, which. I mean, like we just I hate to, you know, compare them, but, you know, it's working for other fighters. We'll put it that way. So, you know, who knows? We'll see Saturday night. Super pumped for that. The next and final fight that we're going to preview the first fight on the card. Excuse me. uh, Kicking it off. uh, Julian Paiva versus Sugar Sean O'Malley. Boys, Sugar Sean is back after defeating newcomer Chris Moutinho in his last fight. But Pivas no stranger to uh, playing spoiler and uh, mm-hmm. derailing some hype. He did that in his last fight against Kyler Phillips. Um, so really interesting thing I think about this fight though, that I wanted to bring up and kind of get your guys' interest or uh, insight on is, you know, going into this fight, it was kind of seeming like O'Malley and Cruz were kind of, you know, there was a lot of back and forth for whatever mm-hmm. reason, the fight never quite materialized. I think it was more on Cruz's end kind of like, you know, yeah, wait, wait in line kid, you know, do a little bit more. Um, but ironically O'Malley nor Piva are ranked here in this fight yet are on the main card over dominant Cruz and Pedro Munoz who are on the prelims. Both of those guys are ranked. I would argue Probably a bigger fight for the division because they're Mm -hmm. both obviously number one ranked and ranked much higher. Um, But I think it just shows uh, where O'Malley is with the UFC and how they view him as being this big Mm -hmm. star. Mm -hmm. Um, But I just kind of wanted—I guess there's not really a question in there—but I just wanted to get your guys' thoughts on that observation of, you know, not not questioning if it's the right or wrong thing to do per se, but I mean, what do you guys think of that?
1: I think you hit the nail on the head in terms of it just shows where he's at with the UFC. Yeah. Um, you know, it's the Conor McGregor effect, right? I mean, any other, any other, there's no other reason to have them up there um, other than yeah. O'Malley's. Yeah. O'Malley's a star. He just has a star power over Cruz and and Munoz, But.
2: Well, and I think also, and I do agree with you, but I think there's another thing that you see the UFC do sometimes with these big cards mm-hmm. is they'll throw a ranked match on the prelim so people will watch them. That's a good point. And not to, and, but and they're then, not
0: even the main event on the prelims. No. So they, yeah. they've, I'm not not saying they've buried them. I mean, because really this whole card is just insane. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. top to bottom. Um, there's really not a bad fight on it. But I'm just saying, like, I could see that argument if it was them headlining because yeah. they have done that, right, uh, for sure. But, man, to kind of put that, push that fight, so a deep win, I mean, you could argue, I mean, if Dominic Cruz wins or, I mean, you know, Pedro coming off the loss to um, Aldo, right, that was his mm-hmm. last loss, um, you know, might need a couple more, obviously. But, you know, if Cruz were to win that fight, you know, that'd be two in a row, uh, you know, he beat Casey Kinney. And then, you know, to beat a guy like Pedro, um, you know, he, he definitely need another fight. But it's just kind of weird to me. Like, I don't know. I just feel like for the division, I mean, they're both ranked guys. Like, mm-hmm. But I also understand the star power of Sean O'Malley.
2: Right. Yeah. And, you know, it, it might also be like a style thing, too, because, you know, yeah. you know, you want to bring you want to bring the best you can for these cards. So but I mean, I do agree, though, I think they're trying to give O'Malley the rub which is it's weird to pass on the Frankie fight in New York and the cruise fight doesn't happen but then this one happens it just
0: it kind of I like Sean O'Malley and I do think he's talented and I think he has a lot of potential but it does make it as a fan sometimes it's like when you know the system and the establishment is like backing somebody that like kind of che- cheating other guys in a sense or you kind of get that feeling of it mm-hmm. it kind of puts a sour taste in your mouth towards the fighter and I don't think that's fair to O'Malley because I feel like he does get some of that criticism because I mean he's looked good when he's fought the guys that he's beat but I mean Thomas Almeida is probably the biggest name he's lost, you know beat lost to Cheeto Vera the Chris Moutinho fight don't get me wrong he dominated looked phenomenal but never finished
1: Chris Moutinho did, we did I don't know yeah, if anybody at the, very, at the very end he finished him didn't he? yeah oh, I remember did, they stopped oh, he did it, finish
0: it. Right, right oh they button. stopped it that's right I'm sorry but I don't know I just it's He's he's super talented, but mm. you know to he get a needs spot, marquee wins he
2: wins. Yeah, hasn't yeah, yeah. Yet. He
1: he came out a little bit ago though, didn't he? Talking about how I'll fight these bigger, upper, you know, ranked guys when I get
2: paid more. Do you think there's anything to that? No. I mean it's a good yeah. way to duck people. Yeah, it's, it's a good I, excuse yeah. for that. It, well, and Ooh. I th-
0: I think the whole like when the whole stuff came out about Dana White saying that he didn't want him to fight Ricky Simone because yeah. he knew Simone that that duck really sucks, Well, no, but that's not O'Malley's fault, right? Cuz O'Malley was like, I mean, I'll fight him, I don't care and they it was kind of the UFC was like, whoa, we don't want to ruin that off a wrestler, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so it's like that's what I'm saying, it kind of projects some like unfair hate towards O'Malley because I really feel like since that whole situation panned out um, a lot of pee- – it's kind of become that Conor McGregor thing, right, where there's like this line and you're either – O'Malley fanboy or you're right. just off the, you know, I don't know.
2: Well, the only thing I would say about that, though, is if you're Sean O'Malley and you really wanted to break that narrative, you say, I'm only fighting Ricky Simone or I'm only fighting these yeah. guys you don't want me to fight. Yeah. He didn't really put up a big fight yeah. about not fighting Well, he Ricky wants Simone. to fight strikers. I mean, right. you
0: know, there's a no-brainer to that. Yeah. Uh, prelims, like I said, Josh Emmett versus Dan Ige, Oof. Pedro Munoz versus Dominic Cruz, Gusto Sakai versus Tai Avasa. You got Ryan Halls on this card. Uh man, who else?
1: Help oh, me. Gee, I forgot Hall was on this card. Holy cow. He's like
0: one of the very first fights. Jeez. I mean, it's just this I'm telling you guys, UFC two sixty-nine stacked and loaded. It's been a long night. Boys, let's get to our picks. But first, Brandon, please update us on our points.
1: All right, so last night John was the only one coming come away with some points. So he's still sitting in the lead. Um last place we have Nate with 68. I'm one a point ahead of 69. John, you came away with three because you called Aldo. Um, So you have 76.
0: Ooh, that's probably the biggest lead since we've started this. That's
2: Allen Iverson, 76ers, man. So he's got (laughs) eight points on you, seven points on me. So it's going to be a— Well, this
0: is going to shake it up, boys, because we are picking for every fight on the main card. Uh, We were going to do the two on the prelims, but I just figured with time and everything, um, we are just going to pick for the main card. Thank you. You're welcome. So (laughs) I will kick it off with Julian Paiva versus Sean O'Malley. I'm gonna tell you guys, man. I, f- I really feel like this is a trap fight for O'Malley. Um, this uh, Julian Paiva is dangerous, man, and he's, he's, big, got, he's man. got he's got he's no, he's not that big. He's, he came up from 125. He was a little just could never really fully make weight at that division. O'Malley is gonna be a lot bigger, yeah. um, but. Uh, And I actually think that's kind of going to be his only advantage here because I'm telling you what, though. If Paiva finds O'Malley, um, it's going to be night over. Um, Like I said, go back and watch that Kyler Phillips fight. He's not afraid to play spoiler. He's been in this spot before. I am going to go Sean O'Malley, though. I'm going to I mean, he's just – I still think he's the better striker um, yeah. overall longer more technical um, and I think in a spot like this it's kind of do or die for O'Malley not, not, not do or die that sounds way more a lot more desperate but like we were just saying if he wants to get that next tier that big marquee fight he has to win this fight and he knows that he knows that going into this so I'm going to take Sugar Sean O'Malley I am a fan I like him um, I'm going to say second round TKO.
1: Nice. Okay, I think O'Malley's got something to prove as well. I know he finished um, his last opponent, the, the late replacement, but I think the way, he, the fact that he didn't finish him early and the fact that that kid took everything he had, um, I think O'Malley just feels like he's got a, kind of a chip on his shoulder. Sure. So I'm going to take O'Malley as well. I'm going to take first round
2: KO. I think he needs it. <clears throat> nice. I'm going to take Paiva by third round, or I'm going to take a uh, unanimous decision, and I wonder, whoa, rookie move. I wonder if you know O'Malley with that hand breaking and that taking a minute I wonder if that comes back into play if he lands a couple shots and maybe gets a little gun shy with that but you know he's facing a really tough guy and I just think that you know this this is a make or break for him but you know in a situation like this I think it's kind of a toss up because I don't think as good as O'Malley's looked it hasn't been against guys to where you feel like okay he's you know Connor he's this he's that right and you know Kyler Phillips is a really tough, you know, dangerous guy, and to survive that, I think he has a really good shot with against Sean O'Malley. I think he
0: does too, man. Like I said, I think this could be a trap fight for O'Malley. I really believe that. Mm-hmm. Um, our next fight, Jeff Neal versus Santiago Ponzinibbio. I'm gonna go Santiago Ponzinibbio. I'm gonna say <sighs> Jeff Neal's a tough guy to finish, um, so I'm gonna say third round sub.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, this is a tough one for me. Um, I know Neil's coming off the two losses, but I think he, he really needs a turnaround here. I think this is if he loses this fight, it's really going to be dark days for him. Um, so I think he's be coming out with really everything. Um, mm-hmm. I'm going to go with second round knockout, Jeff Neil. Neil. Yeah, for okay. Neil.
2: Nice. <clears throat> I'm going Ponzinibbio as well. Uh, he has a really good you know record. He's fought some really good guys, mm-hmm. and I feel like Jeff Neil's downfall is he's just been so gun shy. You know, against the Thompson fight, he'd throw one shot, he'd eat a bunch. He just hasn't had that aggressiveness. Yeah. And I think somebody like Ponzinibbio, you can't do that because Ponzinibbio is going to go for your head. I mean, we've right. seen it in his last fight where he got hurt. You know, he couldn't really walk on his leg very much. He just bit down on his mouthpiece and just started, you know, letting off and just kind of letting everything go. So I, I think that that'll be the case, and I will, I will go a uh, unanimous decision on that one as well. Jeff Nils is. He is really tough to take out. I skipped one fight. We're
0: going to do it right now. Cody Garbrandt. Versus Kai, Kara France. I'm going to go Cody Garbrandt. Um, I'm really excited to see him at 125. And if his power and everything that he's been, you know, up in the 35-pound division, maybe not so much of his recently, but I also think a lot of it, man, is which we've talked about on the pod is he went through a lot, right? With the COVID and he got Mm -hmm. real sick and he's had a lot of different infections, like that bicep infection or something like, wasn't it like crazy
1: or something? Yeah,
0: man. So, um, hopefully he's healthy now. I'm really hoping, I don't think he would be making this cut. I think that's why the cut got delayed for so long because he, probably just for whatever reason, couldn't get Cut the weight off. COVID sounds mm-hmm. horrible. Well, COVID and then you're on so many different antibiotics and medicines and stuff that mm-hmm. I think that's why this move got delayed, but I think he's doing it now because I feel like he's probably a little bit back to his normal self, feeling a little bit more healthy. I'm going to say he gets it done. Um, I, I actually could see this one go into a decision. Kai Carr France is tough, man. He's a really mm-hmm. good, really good, well-rounded fighter. Like I said, I mean, nobody at city kickboxing is bad is a bad fighter. Uh, so I'm going to say Cody Garbrandt, unanimous decision.
1: I don't think the way cut's gonna work out. I just think that he's draining himself too much. Um, I just have a feeling we're gonna see a kind of re- repeat like with TJ when he fought Cejudo. Um So I'm gonna go with Kai Kara France. I'm gonna say first round knockout.
2: Nice. I'm gonna go Kai Kara as well. I'm gonna say unanimous decision. And, you know, Kai Kara, although he's two and two, his losses are Brandon Moreno and uh, Brandon Rival. Yeah. And those are two tough guys, obviously, one being the champion. Um, and I think you know he's starting to get confidence, and I think that's what he's lacked. Because when you watched him on the Ultimate Fighter, he was a guy who had all the skills. He just didn't let it go all the time. And I think he's starting to come out of his shell a little bit. And I think Garbrandt's going to have a tough fight on him. And Garbrandt took a lot of damage too. So yeah. mixing that with the weight cut and you know seeing how it looks with doing it off of you know like we just talked about with COVID and stuff, I think it'll be rough. But I do think that could be a fight of the night potential because they're both very very tough
0: in our co-main event for the women's weight title, Amanda Nunes versus Juliana Pena. Um, no surprise here. I think we're all going to probably go Amanda. Uh, so I'm going to take her. You know, I actually kind of feel like Pena's um, aggressiveness and forwardness might go against her here. Um, I think this could be a quick night for her. I'm going to say Amanda Nunes, first round, KO, TKO.
1: I'm going to Amanda Nunes as well. Spoiler um, alert. Yeah, I, I think that um, – Pena's aggressiveness, and I think she's probably going to try to wrestle, but I think we forget how good Amanda is on the ground sometimes. I'm going to take Amanda by submission in round two.
2: That's not bad. Okay, I'm going to go Amanda as well, and um, I will just knock it down around. We'll say uh, KO, TKO round three. There it is. And then our main event
0: champ, Charles Dubronx Oliveira versus Dustin the Diamond Poirier. I've literally gone so back and forth in my head with this so one. Tough. Oh my gosh, dude. Fun. Um, and, and I'm, I'm strictly making this pick because it, there's just something in my gut and in my gut. Cause I'm in last place is never right. <laughs> uh, but cause that's usually how I make my picks. Uh, but I, I just think Dustin gets it done here, man. I don't know why. Um, I just, there's something about this little climb that he's kind of made. And I feel like he's just kind of crossed over into this next little, um, level of just how good he is he's really tough um, I think it's going to be a long gritty fight um, but I ultimately do think he finishes Oliveira and I think it could be later so I'm going to say Dustin Poirier KOTKO in the fourth round
1: okay so um, this was a really hard one for me too I've really been thinking about this fight since they announced it because it's just so fascinating to me And I love both these guys so I'm gonna say this. I I want Poirier to win. Like in, in my heart, I want him to win. Yeah. But as far as picks, man, I, I I think Oliveira, I think it's just his time, man. He's just looked so good. Um, I just think he's gonna I think he's gonna run this division a little bit. Um, but again, clarifying. I, I want Poirier to win with his story, come back and everything. It's that'd be awesome. But I'm taking Oliveira, I think he's gonna sub him. I think it's gonna be a second round submission for Oliveira. Nice.
0: I like the sub pick. Mm-hmm. I can see yeah.
2: that. That's where I was heading as well. I'm, I'm gonna go Oliveira by sub, but I'll say, I'll say round three. Yeah. I think, um, you know, I think he has closed the gap. I, th- I do still think Dustin's a better like boxer and striker, but I think yeah. he's closed the gap enough and can mix in. And then, like I said, with when we talked about it, if Dustin rushes in to try to finishes and he can't do it or he finds himself in his guard or something like that, we've seen Oliveira pull some stuff out of out yeah. of a hat. So. And, you know, I I think as as much as Dustin's had a really good climb and a step into the next level, I feel like Oliveira's done that as well Um, with the streak he's been on and the way he's been able to pull off these fights. But, you know, I wouldn't be shocked if Dustin doesn't knock him out. I mean, because Oliveira can get clipped. It's happened. But, you know, it'll just be about his ability to finish. And if he can't, I think Oliveira has proved with this new run that he can go into deep waters and come out.
0: There it is. Boys, we're going to move into the Fight Pantry in honor of Charles Oliveira and Amanda Nunes fighting this week. We have opened the Fight Pantry for the country of Brasil. 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 And this week's snacks are called, Brandon, I want you to pronounce them. Let's hear your American version.
1: Oh, jeez. Soho de Vasa. They are Sonyo Jevalza.
2: <laughs> yeah. These
1: little
0: snackeroos right here. So I'm gonna tell you guys real quick. Um, I'm gonna pass these out to you guys while I'm talking. Uh, Sonho de Valsa, these snacks, uh, which in English translates to milk chocolate bonbons. Um, mm-hmm. And that's exactly what they are. Uh, Sonho de Valsa is a pro- pro- popular Brazilian bonbon made with chocolate cashew nut fill- and cashew nut filling. Sorry. Uh, the chocolate was created in 1938 by the Brazilian. Lacta Company, which was later bought by Kraft Foods Brasil. Uh, and then under Kraft, the bonbons have been exported to countries such as the United States, Paraguay, and Venezuela. The candies consist of a wafer cone covered with two layers of chocolate and stuffed with cashew cream.
1: Should we get like a close-up for the camera?
0: Yeah, you can show it. Go ahead and lean it up there. Put it close. There it is. Individually wrapped. Individually wrapped. Sonho de uh boys go ahead and bite into them let me know what you think i like i've I've heard these are good i've actually some people have tried them and say they're pretty good i feel like these are going to be probably one of our best ones what did we do the the uh tim tams those are good the australian ones john please do not chew in your microphone thank you <laughs> this sounds terrible
2: no i was about to come up and try to talk i
0: know but it sounded horrible
2: <laughs> to eat. it almost tastes like peanut butter
0: does it? A it has bit.
2: like a, a butterfinger type of... Are you not eating one?
0: No, I was. I don't want to like just be quiet. Oh, I get you. No, it Somebody's has like
2: gotta... a, a butter... Like the wafer part is kind of like a butterfinger type of taste. Yeah. But it's I'm not quite as hard where you feel like you're going to break your teeth. These are good second place, but I still think Tim Tans, Tim Tans were the best. I don't know if it beats Mexico, but...
1: You
0: guys are underselling the hell out of these.
2: The no. Tim Tans John, is really good.
0: do not chew in your microphone. <laughs> it literally sounds <laughs> disgusting. <laughs> That's why I didn't eat, because then you guys aren't going to talk. This is your fault. These are phenomenal. I think they're underselling these. I rate these way higher than the Tim Tams. Whoa. Yeah. These are really good. I, I mean, guess it I depends think- if you're, like, a milk chocolate. They are They The chocolate's maybe a little bit too much. Um, like, I don't know. I don't like when I eat something and there's so much chocolate that it gets, like, stuck to the back of my mouth. You know, kind of similar to, like, a Tootsie Roll would. Mm-hmm. Um, but... I really like that cashew nut filling. Mm. Didn't get a peek of that bad. It just tastes like
1: a peanut butter Kit Kat.
0: Kind of. That's what I It's very similar to a Kit Kat, I would say. Um, So let's get our ratings. I don't remember what I said for the Tim Tams. I feel like kind of bad. So I'm going to go ahead and just say I'm going to give these an
1: 8.9. You want to go next? Yeah, I'll give it a solid
0: eight. Rookie score.
1: Yeah, I'm going to go with, uh, man, probably like a 6.8.
0: Six, eight. Really? Yeah. You, you rate it that low. I yeah. think you're tripping.
1: It's just like it's just an oversized Kit Kat to me with some peanut butter. That's how it tastes. That's really and low. the Tim Tan and the Tim tams I don't know, they were just so unique and different. Like I I don't think I've ever tasted anything that really was similar to that. And I can go get these at CVS for a couple bucks or a gas station. You know what I'm saying?
0: Kind of a little malty.
1: Yeah. yeah.
2: I'm a malt fan. I am a malt I fan. Like I malt. love
0: malt. Those are really good, very expensive.
2: <laughs> you like? Do you like it? Uh, well. You like it better than the candy for Mexico? Uh, yeah. Yeah, we're not <laughs> gonna talk <from> yeah. about Mexico. <laughs> what about the drink? Is it better than the drink that mm. we did? I
0: mean, it's different. You well, can't I mean, we still can't compare drinks to
2: candy. I mean, we're just we're we're still eating things, man. You gotta.
0: If we do it, we'd have to do like
2: a whole separate drink segment
0: for mm.
1: that. That's a good point. That'd we be would. interesting.
0: We really would, boys. Let's get to the news. Yeah. yeah. Just a couple quick things to hit you guys with before we get out of here. Uh, first thing, Israel Adesanya versus Robert Whitaker, too. Officially got a date set for UFC 271 on February 12th. Um, I know they were maybe some talks early, about doing it earlier in the year, mm-hmm. but they landed on that. So, I hate that. Some of these just seem so far away, man. I just want them now. Well, <laughs> let's just hope
2: that the COVID stuff doesn't push it yeah, back. Man. Man. Cause especially with both of them being overseas. Yeah. Ooh
0: boys jack hermanson versus sean strickland is set to headline february 5th
1: fight night card yeah i feel like february is gonna be a stacked month there's been a
0: lot man february and march Mm -hmm. both i feel like the last couple Mm. like big fights that we've announced have been early early next year. even
2: january when you talk about francis and oh mm. gosh oh dude i forgot yeah
0: yeah last little bit of news that i have kevin lee officially cut by the ufc um I don't know, man. I, I, I hate to kick a guy when he's down. And I, I know he's like been through a lot. He's been dealing with a lot. You know, he kind of opened up recently about you know depression and dealing with alcohol and different stuff. He just got suspended for what was he just suspended for? I, like he, Adderall. That, Adderall. Adderall. Um, you know, so I definitely, I definitely don't want to like say kick a guy when he's down. But you know, it's been kind of an up and down thing here for Kevin Lee in the UFC. You know, he was a guy that I think a lot of us early on thought champion.
2: Mm-hmm. You know, it
0: just kind of seemed like he had everything. Um and then started hearing some things about well, Kevin Lee doesn't maybe train as hard mm-hmm. as we thought he did. Um and uh he even has recently admitted to it, you know, and mm-hmm. opening up about some of these things that he's been struggling and dealing with. So, really wish Kevin Lee the best, man. And I hope he figures it out cuz I still th- I mean, whatever we saw early on from him that's still there, man. He still has all the skill to be I think still one of the best in the world, but he's just got to figure out his personal life, I think a little yeah. bit, but I don't know if this decision had anything to do with that. Um, I'm imagining Kevin Lee's probably somebody they pay a little bit more. And uh, you know, they kind of want a saying I like is, you know, the best ability is availability. And when yeah. you're not there and you know, you're, you're supposed to be this guy that they want to promote and push. Maybe that had something to do with it. I, I don't know. Yeah. It, it's tough telling, but it sucks for Kevin Lee for sure.
2: I mean, he he becomes a pretty good prospect for other organizations, though. He does have some good oh, wins, yeah. you know. I, mean, I imagine Bellator is going to jump on him quick. Some doors of wide other, open, yeah,
0: yeah. Doors wide open. He's going to get to go wherever he wants. Big hundred. money
1: too. Yeah, for sure. I could even see him doing some of the boxing stuff. Like I know him and uh, Mike Perry were talking at one point about yeah. doing stuff. Like I, he's got quite a few options. So. Triad combat, yeah,
0: anything like that. Yeah, he'll
1: be all right. He will be all right,
0: mm-hmm. and and I, but I hope he finds his way back to the yeah. UFC because yeah. I, I really think he deserves to compete. I'm not saying there's not better people in the world, you know, in other d- promotions, but I think he deserves to be in the UFC. He just right. needs to show it a little bit more. Uh, that's it, boys. That's all we got uh, for the news. Did you guys have anything else? No, except the Lee thing. I have what?
2: some. You said he just had the Lee thing. Yeah, I just had the. Kim oh, okay. Lee. I have some boxing things. Uh, Go for it. Yeah, Teofimo Lopez losing to George Cambosis. Yeah, yeah, that was crazy. And it was a crazy because obviously Lopez is was you know a top ranked guy. Cambosis was undefeated, and but he just wasn't talked about. I did just see a report in the post fight uh, his medical check. Lopez, they found air like in his chest cavity. He had a hole in, like, his esophagus. Oh, he thought it was asthma, so he didn't tell his team because he's always had asthma, wow. and he's fought through it. The doctor said that they, she doesn't even know how he's alive. If one of those punches would have hit him in the chest oh. in the right place, he would have died. Like They would have had to basically put, like, a trach in him and, like, cut That's his crazy. chest open.
0: That's crazy.
2: And then... Um, That's kind of like the real high point, or the real kind of crazy one. But then Triple G, he had a fight coming up in Japan in December, and with Japan tightening their COVID protocols, that fight's getting pushed back as well. Oh darn it! Yeah, that
0: sucks. Well, that's that's all. That's your that's it.
2: Yeah, that's my boxing stuff. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, that's what we got, boys. Uh, Who has song of the week? Be you. Me. Yeah. Um, Okay. Let's do. Let's do cream. Well Wu Tang. Yeah. Cash rules every Kyle will be hype me. about that. Get, get the money. Dollar dollar bills, y'all. Yeah, let's do it. Kyle I like loves him some some Wu Tang. Let's do some Wu-Tang cream. Uh Brandon, what is your one for the people before we get out of here?
1: Read something, guys. Good okay, book. something different. Oh, I have to do something different. Just something different. Mm. Come back to me. <laughs> okay, John, go. Uh
2: my one for the people is enjoy your time with your family, man. Okay. We didn't get this last year. well, a lot of people didn't get this last year, so enjoy it. Buy some gifts for people. Don't be cheap, you know. Get mm-hmm. me something. Okay. Yeah. Kind of Kind of. Yeah. Now? Yeah. You're okay, good. Yeah. yeah. I was gonna say this is
1: gonna be. Hopefully, this should be a, a a more inclusive Christmas considering we had COVID and things recently. This should be, I think, a bit more. You know, you should be able to be around your family more. So really enjoy this
2: time. Are we this doing year. a gift exchange? Is that what you're saying? I mean, we can. See a little. Uh, I like it. A little uh, white elephant or yeah. whatever.
0: Christmas sweaters. Gift exchange. Let's do it. Nice. I like it. Um, my one for the people. This comes out on Monday, which means your number one college basketball team in the nation will be (laughs) the Purdue Boilermakers, baby. Um, For people that don't know, uh, Purdue is in Indiana. Uh, Because I'm always, I'm always really surprised, but then I'm not because then I think like I didn't know until like, I feel like last year that Xavier was in Ohio. (laughs) So, (laughs) uh, but a lot of people don't even know that Purdue is in Indiana. So it is in West Lafayette, Indiana. Um, And as a long time, and I mean my whole life being a Purdue sports fan, basketball has been a little bit better. Don't get me wrong, but to never been number one in the nation, so finally getting that uh, we'll see how long it lasts I mean playing in the Big Ten is no joke week right. in and week out you know they barely squeaked by um, a fairly tough um, who'd they just play sorry sorry it'll come to me um, Iowa sorry mm-hmm. uh, so barely squeaked by there but number one baby we're, <laughs> yeah. gonna, we're gonna rest on it for a while even if it only lasts a week that's my one for the road for the people we're gonna get out of here oh Wait, this side. Manchester United, baby, winning. I'm about to watch some F1. We got so much going on today. That's all we got for you guys. Hope you enjoy the video side of things. We'll figure it out. We're going to get better. We will see you guys next week. Peace. Peace.